1: Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen.
0: Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to The London News Book. Welcome back Chelsea fans to the London is blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans by the fans celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back Chelsea fans to another episode of the London is blue podcast presented by world soccer shop. Head on over to www.worldsoccershop.com for the best Chelsea gear around. Well, it's a rare midweek appearance for not only the Blues, but for the LIB team as well. Nick, hopefully you're able to watch the match today. Obviously, middle of the afternoon for us in the middle of the United States.
2: As, as our friend Joe Tweeds would say, tactical sick day. <laughs> That's you a know, good way uh, to think about
0: it. Yeah. Tactical masterclass by uh-huh. you today. Dan, what about you?
1: Uh, you know, you have to time your lunch break just right, mm-hmm. and uh you know, we'll get into it. But you know, let's just say it wasn't my favorite lunch break I've ever taken. It's kind of funny, like when your when your boss sees you go to lunch at
2: two p.m. <laughs> like, what what's really going on here? You know, like two p.m.?
0: Huh? I just wasn't hungry. You know? Yeah, I was wasn't busy. hungry after either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. The customer first. You know, I had had some take care, of, boss. Uh Guys um normally uh this is where we would like to go ahead and introduce or give a shout out dan to anyone that left a new review for us in the itunes store so who gets a shout out Yeah, the the only fine
1: individual in this case being only one a fine gentleman going by the name of i'm chuck on uh, january 2nd left us a little five-star review so i'm chuck thank you for the kind words, and we greatly appreciate them. And uh, if you'd like a shout out, uh, maybe next week from Brandon uh. and uh, the host of the show, uh, you should leave a leave a review on iTunes. We'll, we'll find it. We'll shout you out. You've had a chance to give Nick an opportunity to say a couple. I've said you know this one. I'm sure you know. Being Brandon, it's going to be probably 50 reviews this week. So
0: I'm guessing.
2: The dulcet tones I- just bring them in, man. <laughs>
0: That would be a whole episode itself, but challenge accepted listeners. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump right into the match. Obviously, we played Tottenham today, Premier League match. It's the last one of the Christmas period rush, the Boxing Day rush, Um, New Year's Eve to New Year's rush. There's a lot of rushes in there. We had to travel a whopping 10 miles to White Hart Lane. It was this past Wednesday for listening to us after the fact. Uh, Blues 0 Spurs two, Dan lineup time, my man. I think the big question we had was Pedro, Willian, and then the midfield trio of Conte, Modric, and Fabregas. Yeah, so we definitely got to see
1: that you know uh, Conte, Modric, we're going to line up against with one another. Victor Moses, Lonzo on the flanks with them. Pedro comes in after. A little bit of question with the uh the Williams success in the last match if he was gonna get back in after substitution. That turned out to be the case. And Hazard, Costa Phillip that up front, Cahill, Luis, Aspel Quetz in the back with Tibor Courtois between the sticks, but
0: uh it was not, not a winning lineup today. It wasn't. Um uh, but this is obviously a, a tested lineup, Nick. This isn't like, you know, we threw some kids out there or anything. I mean, we were ready to rock. Yeah, I mean I think
2: you know, we, we talked about it last week during our Spurs preview. I think the only switch I would have made would have been Willian for Pedro. Um, and, you know, that's just simply it's I, I feel it's really harsh to take a, a guy out after he scores two goals um, the match before. Uh, you, you know, I have inherent trust in Antonio Conte that he knows what he's doing and that Pedro had the better week of training and all that. But uh, but that did not seem to pay off uh, uh, in any sort of way today, Brandon.
0: No, unfortunately, not Pedro's best performance. Obviously, William and Tottenham have some history. I think that maybe that would have been a little more motivation for him. Um, you know, if we look to the bench, obviously, William was there. Zuma is back on the bench. Uh, Shalaba, Fabregas, and Batshuay. So we'll talk about them later. But definitely, you know, so starting to see some patterns. 20th match of the season guys we are officially past the halfway mark I know I brought up the stat last week that every time Chelsea play or were in first place at Christmas they went on to win the league not the best start but we remember the 5-3 loss two years ago about this time we did go on Nick and win the league yeah um
2: look this was by no means a great match to watch I think we can all just it out there the elephant in the room first loss in 14 matches um i think the team played timid today i think they played a bit scared i think they were reactionary uh instead of you know proactive in this match and uh you know this this stuff happens um you know i'm i'm proud of the way the team reacted after the game and you know kind of the way they they talked about it but uh, you know, Dan, it just wasn't – it wasn't our day. The
1: streak had to end at some point, and it ended today, unfortunately, against Spurs. Yeah, you look at, you know, kind of no no Chelsea goals to really talk about in this match and uh, really only two to talk about that are basically a carbon copy of one another. Uh, you could take a photo of one, line it up to next each other and spot the differences, and you, you would be able to find much between them. But losing is part of sport. <laughs> losing sucks. Losing – builds passion and desire to go back and, and win again. And I think it's awesome to say that our team won 13 matches in a row Is at top of the table is five puts clear of Liverpool at the moment. And I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it sucks to lose. It sucks to lose to Tottenham. Uh, the Twitter game is strong from them today and, and deservedly so. You know, you get to be the top dog when you're number one. And when you lose, you, you got to take your take your look in. And uh, I I really wish it was just another team.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think this is something uh, that we're not going to dwell on and, you know, the doomsday team is not here on the pod. Uh, We are trying to be a little more patient, you know, and, and look at the season. Holistically Chelsea are still in first place uh, with a great lead. You know, that's an amazing run to play at that high level. Unfortunately, uh, it was ended today. As Dan mentioned, there were no goals that we need to talk about from Chelsea in this one. First time in a long, long time that we haven't had any Chelsea goals. I believe this is the second time all season that Chelsea have been shut out. And so, I'd like to just jump right into the first question and very pointedly, Dan, ask you: Is Aspie too short to play as a center back? I mean, he he was he was too short in
1: comparison to uh, to Deli Ali, who is kind of six two, bordering on six three. And when you're five ten, it really uh, it gives you a little little extra bit of oomph to get over in that moment. Uh, I, I think, you know, if you're going to be marked out a little bit, you know, and not have maybe the support in the moment, uh, you're you're going to be picked at. I mean, Asfalcota offers a lot from a, a work rate from closing down, but you know, weakness would be you know, kind of in aerial attacks. And you know, I think we saw that Sunderland tried to do the same thing with, uh, getting crosses into the box. I think that we also saw now that, you know, this is something we have to just kind of think about as a game plan. But I, I, I think for what he offers in the back three, I, I would, I mean, he's not the first person I would lose out of the, the back three.
0: That sounds like a tempting opportunity to ask you a follow-up question of who would be the first person <laughs> out of the back three right now. Oh, uh, right now. I mean it was, if it's not Asby I think we can all assume who yeah. it is it's not Louise yeah
1: it would be, it would be Gary Cahill though he okay. he you know, you know credit to him for taking a wonderful uh,
0: caution for the team today in order to save a uh, save a goal which was nice that he created by heading off of their shin. Nick, I mean, it did, like Dan say, seem like Spurs targeted him tonight and they actually pushed Rose up to occupy Moses and drag him out. And then they pushed Ali from that attacking mid spot into that uh, gap. Um, was it really that intentional or was it just essentially an, a situation that just happened to arise?
2: I I don't think there was anything uh, that was happenstance in this game. Um, You know, when you look at Pochettino, uh, I think all of us on the pod have a respect for him. He's a great manager. He set up his team really well today, and I think they learned a lot from the last time. Uh, They got thoroughly beaten in the the second half of the bridge, and I think they were hell-bent on not having that happen again today. Uh, the matchup, I think that was the best of the entire day, was the Rose Moses matchup. Uh, Rose got the better of him, um, and that's just, you know, frankly how how it goes sometimes. But uh, you know, is I, I don't think it's fair to put all that on Dave, um, you know, and his height. You know, I mean, Engolo Conte wins headers, and he's six inches shorter than players in midfield. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not on Dave. Um, you know, for a stature on this, I, I think positionally our back line, uh, you know, for the last it, it's been coming. It's been coming for the last three weeks. Um, We, we see it uh, positionally. It doesn't look like they're all on the same page. You know, Moses, obviously, on the first goal kept uh, Ali uh, on side, which is, you know, that's just not a defender. He doesn't have the defender's instinct to, to step up. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a combination of things, I think, you know, just. Uh, you know, one of those things where, uh, you know, Ali scored both goals, both similar plays. We mm-hmm. don't close down Erickson. And, you know, Erickson's great at whipping in balls. And that's just what happens, Dan. I mean, it's it's lightning quick. And we do that to teams too, you know? Yeah. You
1: know, I think it's more of a question of the amount of space. And, you know, look, London real estate's expensive. And I don't know <laughs> at what rate we were leasing that midfield to you know, Erickson and Wanyama today, but. And that probably could have. That would have been a good investment of some Roman money right there to uh, to not
0: <laughs> not allow well, that freedom. I think it's it actually is a little freaky of how identical those two goals were. You know, put it into perspective, Deli Ali. This is the third game in a row he scored two goals. Obviously, this guy is in unreal form right now. He's only twenty, but like you said, Nick, I think that the backline's positioning was more spread out and stretched than we'd ever seen it. Uh, unfortunately with Victor Moses getting, you know, pushed back, if you, if you take him out of the equation, the back three were actually pushed up and and put everyone off sides. The only problem was Victor Moses was still hanging out in a position he shouldn't be. So I'm sure Conte is going to be looking at that thinking that was a mistake from our shape and tactics. Um, you know, I think it, like you said, a lot of the hate for Dave on uh, Twitter is a little harsh. No, than just a one-on-one matchup. You know, it's not like the NBA where Kobe literally say, "Everyone, get to the left side. I'm on the right. I want one v one. ISO. Uh, we're going at it this way." So, you know, I think we this is the first time it's really been exposed, uh, and, and I think we could do better to deal with it. And it's not just a a, a Dave problem. Um, jumping into the next question though, guys, wingbacks, Moses, Alonzo, and even Pedro today. So let's start with Moses, uh, and Alonzo, just those two, since they've been, you know, there all season Nick, weren't they better earlier in the season or is it just because maybe the teams weren't as good? We just feel like the performances aren't where they were three, four, six weeks ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is something I think we, on the pod, identified uh, five weeks ago that, um, you know, and, and it's for some odd reason, uh, you know, we, we keep hearing from people on Twitter that, you know, Alonzo's been having these great matches. Uh, I don't see it personally, and I, I've said openly, as much as I love Victor Moses, and I've been an ardent fan of his this year, that I don't think he's played well the last few weeks either, but um, you know, it could be a combination of legs. I mean, they do the most running on the team, you know, besides mm-hmm. N'Golo Conte, obviously, who is just a crazy person. Um, it could be a combination of just tactical discipline, uh, feeling themselves a little too much, uh, you know, a whole combination of things. But uh, Alonzo had a horrific game today, uh, horrific. And he was, he's been bad for a few weeks now. Um, I, I get that he puts in crosses. Uh, but the interplay with Hazard is completely gone. Like, you didn't see them interact at all very much. I mean, it, they're you know, not on the same page. Hazard's drifting into the middle of the field to get the ball from uh, you Kante know, or, or Matic more than he is from the wing players. And, you know, Moses defensively has struggled too, uh, and I think you saw that today. So uh, there's there's a lot going on there, and I think there, there probably needs to be one or, or two cover pieces or – Substitutions, maybe that, that Conte has to make there to regain some of the prowess, because it's such an integral part, Dan, of what we do from a three-four-three standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about the fact that you know, as you kind of pay attention to the, the names of the rumors for wingback positions, not, not that they're going to happen, but I think people look at you know, Sandro, people are looking at you know, Ricardo Rodriguez, and you know, it's clear that. You know it's not being rumored for the idea that it's going to happen but the rumor because they are top quality left backs or left wing backs in a position where we have a a strong player but not necessarily you know an elite player you know i think alonzo has you know kind of outperformed in some of the matches you know i think it's also you know, underperformed in some of the matches. And again, it's a really, really tough role. I mean, when you are a left wing back, you are an attacker and a defender, and you are doing more running than any other position. And to Nick's point, outside of Angola Conte, um, you know, I think Moses is the, the same way. I mean, we're not being, you know, I think linked with as many, you know, right wing back rumors. But I, I think, you know, Alonso is just a late signing for a lot of money with a lofty expectation to, to live up to transitioning, you know, from, you know, back into the Premier League. And I, I'm just, you know, I, I think he's an easy target for a lot of things that went wrong uh, today because I, I, I think he owns some part of it. But I think the midfield got bossed just as bad as the, the flanks did uh, because Manich and Conte were kind of
0: thoroughly done in by Wanyama. He's a tank. <laughs> Going back to Alonzo Moses, the, there's been criticism of the whole back five. Um, during this run, uh, Graham McGarry put a nice piece on when Ain't Got No History. And this is what he said um, The back five have been criticized during the winning run the entire time. It has been carried by the offense. He says, With Gary Cahill and Marcos Alonso getting the brunt of it. But in, contrary to most expectations, Spurs targeted the opposite flank, taking advantage of Cesar Espilacueta and Victor Moses. I tell you what there was a different change in demeanor from moses first half to second half second half he was going at people into the box first half he would just settle it on the wing and then drop it back to someone i thought that that was a big change and he was a much more effective player in the second half and it just kind of goes back to what you're saying nick from the beginning we were very much more reactive kind of sitting back letting spurs come at us we were probably surprised they went for a three back and again spurs are a high energy team That's a lot to keep track of. And just we had to play so fast because they were on us. But it is interesting to see, you know, you guys let us know what you think about this. Moses offers a lot going forward. We know he's going to be lacking defensively, but his offensive abilities are what help us pin teams back. And then on Moses' side, a little more of a traditional left wing back. But we do know he's carrying a decent knock and probably a little bit surprised he played today. Uh, I can almost guarantee you we will not be seeing him this weekend if I had to make a bet right now. Question three. Every team that wins the league has some tough results. Uh, Tony Cascarino was on Talk Sport tonight. He was with Andy Goldstein, the Sports Bar, talking about this. And is it better that our losses are to Tottenham away, which we won at home? arsenal away in liverpool at home compared to teams like maybe a palace middlesbrough for example like other teams i mean arsenal came back and barely snuck out 3-3 versus bournemouth
1: uh i mean losses suck either way like i i, I think you probably will take the results as maybe a little bit more serious and then in turn analyze appropriately where a higher caliber team taught you a lesson versus maybe being able to excuse away a loss to another team as just a bad day. So I'm guessing that 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 might be the thought behind it. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I, I think Tottenham are probably going to be, you know, continuing forward and pressing to be, you know, one of the top four teams at the end of the season. And uh, from that regard, it's better to lose the teams that are going to expose your opportunity and, and force you to think differently about how you're going to structure and approach and attack the rest of the season, the remaining you know, uh, 18 matches to, to go ahead and, and secure the title. I, I,
2: I mean, I think the only thing that you have to look at when answering this question is look at the way that Liverpool and Arsenal fans responded to their losses against... Uh, Sunderland and Bournemouth respectively uh, to know how frustrating it is to lose to a team that you shouldn't lose to. Uh, and, you know, I think there is, there's something, I think that's a little troubling about us in big games. You know, we played a few and one, of you know, one, of you lost a few, uh, haven't played as well away from home, which is a little, you know, got to figure that out. Uh, that's part of the Premier League, but we're beating Bournemouth. We're beating Sunderland. You know, we're beating these teams that you have to win points off of to stay top of the league, Brandon, and that is, you know, watch Arsenal fan TV after their draw at Bournemouth. I mean, it's sickening, and they know it's sickening. They know they should win that game. Um, And, you know, I think I'd much rather, you know, like Dan said, lose a well-fought game to a title contender than lose, you know, because we didn't have our heads together for Bournemouth.
0: For sure. You know, and I think that's a big thing. We're taking care of business when we should 90% of the time, you know, Tottenham are a title rival. I think that that's apparent today. If we're going to lose points, I'd rather it be on a competitive side than dropping points away to a Burnley or something. I still don't think this takes away from where Chelsea are at, you know, but I think that if we take a look at the entire season, uh, and, and just look at it holistically a little bit. Like, this sucks. Tottenham are a rival. They are now back in title contention. Um, they did bump Arsenal to fifth. I mean, if you want to take a positive out of it. But, you know, it's just it's, – it's a bump, but the train's not off the tracks. If we go and drop a couple more, then there's going to be some questions that need to be asked. Uh, unfortunately, I think that what we did see of Mishi today – you kind of understand why Conte hasn't played him. The guy looked lost, looked unmotivated, which is surprising because usually he's a guy you think that would run through players and walls uh, to put a performance in. He just kind of looks a little disconnected from the team, unfortunately. I don't know. I, Nick, uh, do you I, have anything on that? I don't think that's fair. I mean,
2: look, the, the guy hasn't played since – what 2010 know, yeah i mean i'm kidding obviously but i i mean there's no i, I think it would have been superhero form for him to mm-hmm. show up to this match and just make a difference like you did against watford and you know, i'm not i'm not in on that like you are there brandon but um he was a last resort right? he was the guy that you know was supposed to come in and just knock balls down unfortunately our midfield and defenders didn't pass the ball were shit upfields for him to knock it down. So it's uh his job became null and void at that point, Dan.
1: Yeah, I almost was expecting a change at some point to bring in uh Chalaba at some point. Cause I was thinking that, you know, he he went into that city game and you know he he had he had the, the cojones to go in and be involved and be you know aggressive and exert himself Within that midfield, and what we were missing, you know, was steel there to get the ball truly forward and kind of break down. I mean, at that point, you know, it was was White Hart Lane. It was more like White Hart Wall because those twelve individuals were just around their box. Eleven individuals around their box, setting up to avoid a late, you know, late goal or a late, you know, two goals. Chalobah would have come in. I think made a bigger difference. And I don't think it's fair to kind of criticize Mishi. For being rusty when he hasn't played, I think actually Sunday within the FA Cup is going to be a great opportunity to start including him and get some minutes for Mishi. But
0: Chalobah would have been a better solution there. So true or false? Then William and Fabregas should have started from the beginning for Pedro and Conte. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, Dan. But we'll go ahead and let you take a stab at it. Yeah, you know, I think. uh,
1: I would have – I thought Pedro was the right decision. I, I, I was saying Pedro was the right decision beforehand last week, and I'm, I'm going to continue saying it. Ba- based upon the way he had been playing uh, previously, uh, I think in hindsight, Nick is probably absolutely right that Williams should have gotten a start just based on form. Um, but I, I don't know. That, that Wanyama bossed around that midfield, and Fabregas is not the individual to go in and – uh, exert pressure. I mean, you're almost looking at changing then to the, the shape to more of a, a three, five, two, um,
0: to, if you want to include Fabregas in that. Nick, obviously, you know, true or false on both of them. It's a two parter. Yeah. William
2: for me, definitely. Uh, I thought Pedro was absolutely horrific today. Um, uh, wow. He was, he was bad. Um, him and Costa getting into it was entertaining to say the least, but, um I think I think it would have been the ballsiest decision of uh, Antonio Conte's Chelsea career to start ses, ses Fabregas today, but I think it might have been enough to unlock them. Um Ngolo Conte had his worst game since the Arsenal game uh mm. three months ago. Uh I love Ngolo Conte, I love Victor Moses, these are guys <laughs> that I constantly praise. I think both had off games. Um, you know, for all of his arts tricks, he really didn't do anything uh so i think william would have added that motor and a little bit you know it's a bigger body and i think a better tackler uh and then i think fabregas is obviously the better passer of either of those two who started so uh you know i would have it would have been incredibly ballsy and it could have blown up on us uh in a big way like it did at arsenal but um yeah i think i think i would have
0: so i think I think we're okay starting that way because a lot of times Pedro and Conte can run a team down and tire them out. Yeah. What I would have liked to have saw, I would have liked to have seen William and Fabregas come on a lot earlier. I think that's something we can all agree on. If they weren't going to start, i surprised we waited as long as we did uh, to get those guys. But you know, I don't think this match went the way any of us were expecting, you know, the way Tottenham lined up, the way they played, and just it took us so long to get any type of, like, cohesion or, like, passing and movement. It, it was it was very disjointed, and I think that watching it, for me, I was just kind of confused because we've seen such a free-flowing Chelsea team. I mean, Spurs absolutely threw us for a loop today, and we just didn't know how to respond. You, you looked at the fact that they played the same
1: formation and pretty much the same player personnel when they played Wofford and, you know, Wofford obviously is, is different than Chelsea by, by a great distance, but they, they are learning how to adapt to multiple formations and, and I'll credit, I think the Pochettino for drilling these players to, to get up for these games. Uh, you know, I think the media beforehand Kane mentioned that the dressing room was talking about, you know, wanting to, to make their mark and implant their flag and, you know, credit to them, they they are absolutely deserving of being called you know, a, a title contenders, because if you're going to play like that, and Delia Lee is going to go in and score two goals, uh, you know, the question for them is the same question for us, is the same question for Liverpool, is just sustainability. It, it's how can you continue to sustain with high press uh, and also very active play where it's not very kind of passive or maybe overly technical, where it's more about just being super fast and just shutting teams down. Yeah. That's
2: the incredible question for them um, going into the the rest of the season. And I, Dan, am not uh, going to call them title contenders because of that. I I think that they are, they're incredible until March and then they get tired naturally, just like any other team would, Um, you know, it takes a special kind of stamina to chase the ball like Barcelona does and Tottenham is not Barcelona. Um, So I, you know, I think they're good. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not all hyperbole today on them. I think they played fantastic. They have a fantastic manager. They have fantastic young players. Um, Let's, let's hold on that for a bit. I think the thing that Chelsea has to start doing is analyzing their, their passing game and where passes are going and which direction they're going. Uh, There was a lot of backwards passes today. It looked a lot like Chelsea of last year at the beginning of the game, just kind of lackadaisically kicking the ball around, no real invention, no real anything. I mean, it's Brandon, it seemed to me that the players came out a little scared and were afraid to make a mistake rather than to make a darting run that could result in a goal. We saw a couple of those, but not enough to
0: win. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things where maybe um you know, maybe it's they were afraid to like mess the record up. Maybe that was a concern for them. I don't know, Spurs, you know, there's always the rivalry. They're a little on edge, but yeah, it wasn't the Chelsea we're used to. Um, you know, I think that Conte is going to respond to this loss by not letting them relax. 13 was great, but it's not good enough. You know, I think that Nick, you kind of outlined this for us. They're going to train the players nice and hard. They got an extended break. They got three days off, you know, around Christmas. He gave them that vacation, and it's one of those things where they're going to have to do something different. Uh, I don't think Conte's going to get much sleep in the next couple of days, huh, Nick? Yeah, so
2: I wrote this in our script to give you a little view, fans, into how the sausage is made. Uh, four options here. Um Conte will respond to this loss by, A, training the players harder, B, not sleeping for four days in an attempt to tactically figure out what the hell happened, C, letting Costa and Pedro put on gloves and duke it out. I think we know which way that would go. Or, D, buying new players. <laughs> so, um, Dan, thoughts and feelings on on which of these four options that Antonio Conte would
1: employ? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of good options there. Uh, I think he has already uh, fired up the espresso machine. I think he's reached into his wonderful supply of honey candies imported from Italy Mm. and uh, has begun planning the most grueling uh, set of two-a-days that the Chelsea team have gone through since he's come to Chelsea.
0: I'm going to go with the Cost and Pedro duke it out. (laughs) Can we live stream that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think that they got it over with, but just touching that, Costa wanted Pedro to keep going wide, to clear space, and draw the defenders out. I think he's right there. Anyways, Um, guys, you know, as it stands, Chelsea are still on first. Our form is now four wins and a loss. Tottenham, now five wins in a row. Manchester United, five wins in a row. Manchester City, I'm sorry, our four four wins and a loss Liverpool four wins and a draw. So we still have five points above Liverpool in second, and it goes all the way down to 10 points to Manchester United in six. It's congested. It's tight at the top. It's going to be something that is, it's going to be tough to hold everyone off. But like you said, Nick, you know, Tottenham ran out of steam last year. So, that's nothing to say that won't happen this year. But any other thoughts on this match before we move on to social media questions, Nick? Imagine, imagine if
2: your spots two through six, and everybody barring Arsenal has won at least four of the last five games and gained only two or three points in that time period. I mean, imagine if you're those teams. Like, look at if you look at these the form guide right now, Dan. Everybody's won. Everybody's won everything except for Arsenal, who obviously are, are losing. But that that has to just not feel great <laughs> when you look at Chelsea and you see forty nine points. You know we had the the chance to get up to fifty two today, and, and you no matter how much you win, you can't really gain any ground. Like I feel like that would be super
1: disheartening. Yeah, I think it's wonderful to think about a year later. You're removed from one of the worst seasons that I can remember watching this club and seeing us at the top, 49 points, um, 13 out of our last 14 winning. I mean, one one draw, two other losses the entire season. You know, I, I don't want to be the team that gets there drawing. And, you know, what? that means that at some points you're going to lose some games and it's not going to feel great. But you're also going to win a hell of a lot more. And you know what getting there with W's versus getting there with a lot of draws, I I will always take, um, more wins and a couple losses rather than just drawing and drawing a bunch of games and get to victory and get a title and get a record. and, And that's, that's not what it's about. It's about a title of the end of the season.
0: Absolutely. Simple math, right? More wins, more points, less points from draws guys. Uh, Let us know what you thought overall. I know a lot of you guys are heated on Twitter and really upset with the performance. Obviously, that's not the Chelsea we've come to love and expect to see this season, but all is not lost. We're still in the driver's seat. We still have essentially a two-game advantage. It's going to be all right. We are still cruising. Biggest goal differential yet. Still holding on to that guys uh, plus 27 so um, with that let's go ahead and take a really quick break and we've got a ton of social media questions so make sure to stick around for that all right here we go hey hey Nick you know it's
1: 2017 but as I'm aware uh, worldsoccershop.com is still doing end of the year sales for 2016 Do they have the right calendar
2: Uh, I believe so Dan Uh, and I think they just extended these specials uh, kind of through the beginning part of the year to give you the best deal possible. Uh, one of those things could be
1: uh, an, an, a, have the ability to keep you warm, huh Yeah, you know uh, Chelsea presentation jacket look like you walked out onto the pitch of a Premier League stadium. Anytime you walk out, you you'd be walking out of the shower, put this on, mm-hmm. walk out your door, please put on pants beforehand. Yep, a- yep. A- ah. And you would look like you're walking out to the you know onto the turf at Sanford Bridge, It'd be fantastic.
2: Yeah, so all you have to do, use our referral link, uh, go to World Soccer Shop. You can still hit us up for the $10 uh, gift
0: card code. We have a few of those left, and, uh, and we'll hook you up. So do that. Presentation jacket it is. Just went on my Christmas list for next year, guys. It's never too early to buy for next year. But, hey, social media questions time. After loss, obviously you guys had a lot to say. So we're going to carve out a little extra time to walk through this. So at Big Poppy underscore Thomas, interesting handle. I like it. I think tonight it was made painfully obvious we need at least one center back and we need to start scouting for an upgrade at left wing back. So, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and guess we've already started scouting left wing backs the second we made the 3-4-3 our formation. Um, But what about the center back shout? Yeah, well, I, I think that we've also seen
1: uh, uh, Roman Gully or Gale from uh, AC Milan, uh, Nicholas Sewell, who's going to probably end up going to Byron, uh, at uh, Hofheim. You know, there's been plenty of center back names linked with the club. Obviously, Zuma is, is still a consideration. You know, he has not gotten any match minutes yet, and you'd have to think that he is also you know, the, currently a part of the plan. But I, I think you're right. You know, transitioning to a three-four-three three, where you need wingback players. Uh, you know, if Marcus Alonso gets injured right now, you know, you look at what happens. We, we put Pedro back there, and Pe- Pedro is not as great uh, in the left wingback position as he is uh, the right side of a, a front three. So yes, we we, we would need to acquire. Uh, whether or not that player is available, whether or not it's the names that you see linked, which I don't think so. Um, and I think the the wage for Ricardo Rodriguez is going to be an issue. Uh, and Sandro does not have an exit clause as Juventus. So uh, we will probably have to look uh, a little wider and a little deeper into finding maybe a talent where we won't be charged uh, a highly inflated fee, just a regularly inflated fee.
2: Yeah, I would uh, say that Ricardo Rodriguez appeals greatly to me personally. I think he's a guy that we all identified in the summer, and Joe Tweeds has been all over for the last 17 years probably with his scouting knowledge. Um, But a guy that I would look at, I mean, Van Dyke is a fantastic prospect, still on the radar even though he's extremely expensive. Um, But, yeah, I mean, painfully obvious, maybe not so much, but
0: obviously I think we all kind of see it. All right, Marvin to Dude, back in the script, asks, why are we so flat? Why was the effort so shameful? I don't think that the effort was shameful. I think that the end product was shameful. I think we created as many chances as they did. We both had two. Both of theirs went in. I think this is the first game we just weren't clinical at all, but I thought that Chelsea still put out a good effort. But, Nick, I could be totally beside myself on this one.
2: Marvin, I haven't seen eye to eye in these last few questions (laughs) um, that he's put in the script. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think the effort was shameful. I I think the execution was shameful. Um, And those are two gigantically different things. Uh, It was a pretty hotly contested match. Um, Spurs got away with a lot of fouls. That pisses me off. But uh, flat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of teams, Dan, this time of year flat with just legs and energy and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, people will joke about the additional rest that we had as a squad, which doesn't really matter when you're playing top-caliber teams because they're they're all going to get up for it. Tottenham also had an opportunity to rest their players uh, basically halfway through their Watford match. Um, (laughs) They were so far ahead. And I I would just say that, you know, when you look at, like, the expected goal total, I mean, it was 1.1 to Tottenham and 1.0 to Chelsea. So, it was expected that it would be a draw, and you're right. we they just converted their chances. We didn't convert ours. it's not the first time clinicality has been an issue for our side. You know we we have lucked into some one nil victories recently where we probably outperformed or you know, or our expected goal, whether it was not being clinical or just being unlucky with the the chance, either whether it's a deflected uh, deflected opportunity. So I you know, I think shameful is a little harsh. Um, but I, I think that it was flat in comparison to performances we've seen you know, specifically again I'm going to go back to the midfields is where I think where where it all
0: went wrong okay at Chelsea, Eric underscore said should we be worried do we need to spend this month how about this if there was any question lingering in Roman's mind Dan big daddy's opening the wallet
1: yeah well you can look at what the, you know Michael Manalo uh, you know the Technical uh, technical director leader legend uh, <laughs> said Whoa. said uh, this week and uh, you know he was on uh, Sky Sport and talking about how you know they they love what Conte's doing that he's got their full support that that whole media story early in the season about him potentially getting sacked after the first you know first loss was absolutely ridiculous and you know the the look a quote that yeah you know, he could be here forever you know Bravo we love him. Um, I think it's very clear that organizationally he is well-loved, well-liked, and will be well-supported. But I also think that Chelsea is not a club that wants to overpay for players. It's been shown recently that we will not budge from some valuations, and I think that is going to be very difficult, especially if you look at what is happening with the Chinese Super League right now when you know Alex Witzel is getting paid – you know, obscene amounts of money and would not start for many of the top six teams in the Premier League. So it's it's going to be tough to sign someone with what's going on right now.
2: I would only add to that um, by saying this. Should we be worried? No. Um, should we be cautious? Yes. Uh, I think there's a, a difference there.
0: Well said. All right. At... Ahmed H. Brahim 93 says, "Hey, you nail those, dude! I gotta Aspie. be honest. <laughs> I practiced beforehand. Uh, Aspi Louise position when we conceded two goals. Yeah, I just we touched on it. It wasn't good, but I figure you had a good question. We should, you know, at least mention it. Uh, and I, th- we also said, feel like Tottenham deserves a lot of credit for creating that situation." Uh, Dan Dormer says, we're recording... Oh, wait, never mind. That's just <laughs> your tweet. Uh, a more muted London Blue pod tonight? We're never... that. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. It, the response from Chelsea Eric again says, time to give players a break and start rotating. What about Luis Alonso Moses or just had a bad game? Guys, ton of matches were played. I loved watching and having matches on so many days in a row. Definitely rest. I don't think I've ever been so excited for an FA Cup match, Nick, ever, just because... <laughs> we're going to rest so many guys and it's needed because there was next to no rotation in this Conte machine.
2: Yeah. I I don't think that uh, Mishi or Shaloba or Zuma have ever been so excited for an (laughs) FA Cup game. Um, (laughs) Or John Terry. Yeah. I think we're going to see some rotation. It's, it's incredibly hard when you have a good thing going to switch it up and, and, you know, then if something goes wrong, then you've ruined it yourself. If, if you're Antonio Conte, uh, the pressure's off uh, on that. Now, uh, you know, the streak is over, which I think is going to be a great thing for this team. But rotation's needed. It has to happen. These these 11 players can't keep playing every single match the
1: rest of the year, Dan. No, I think you're going to see strong rotation through the FA Cup, especially if we can notch in a couple of yeah, I'm not going to call them easy because you know, we thought we had some easy draws last season and that didn't always lead to a great result. Um, but you know, opponents that are perceived to be potentially easier for, you know, our side, even with, you know, maybe a few rotations uh, you know, I look at, you know, Cesc Fabregas getting some more opportunities within the FA cup. Uh, you know, you look at Mishi, you look at Chaloba, you know, Olaena, It would be prime to get some minutes in now. Uh, you know, I think, the the early word is Loftus cheek loan, so I don't think we'll actually see him uh, rotated too heavily because he'll probably be gone by the end of the window on you know alone somewhere. But it, it's going to be nice to get some rest, especially because you can see that there there's some injuries right now. It's not good, you know. It's a, that and never if you're never playing at your best, then you're, you're never going to get the best
0: yeah, outcome. Well said, uh, Navinith on Facebook just. Again, asking, should this loss be considered a significant defeat or just a minor bump in the road? He thinks it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I think most of, us, as much as it sucks that it Spurs, this isn't derailed our season. Um, any disagreements, Nick? No, no. And and okay. for
2: the Twitterverse, calm the fuck down.
0: That's not Twitter. That's not what they do. Oh
2: man, that's just it's just ridiculous. We there there were four or five accounts I saw legitimately that changed their name to Conte out after this match. They can because they knew you're watching (laughs) the door. I mean, mm, I there are explicit things I want to say, but no, I will not. Yeah, it's not
1: worth worth the E rating on iTunes.
0: (laughs) Yellow card accumulation. (laughs) I'm out. I'm at the next match. Um, I think the next one we can look at is Simon on Facebook said Cahill dragged everyone out of position for goal one. That was the mortal sin of the game. That's harsh to me. I think that you, if you look at the replay, more importantly, is Victor Moses being the last man back. He bit and, say, and stayed with Daddy Rose or whoever's back there, and the other three center backs uh stepped together. Dan, mortal sin yikes yeah you
1: you even look at what well, I think it was you know, when we were playing in Stoke you know and it was very clear from Conte it's like look the goal is is kind of that's how I'm directing my defenders to hold the line like I want players to drift offside in those corner pieces and or you know the, whether it's a corner or whether it's a free kick opportunity and so they're following the direction that that is set up from Conte and you know it has worked extremely well I mean that's the you know, the first and second headed goals that we've allowed, you know, into the net this season. And uh, we're over halfway through. So I, I'm not too terribly upset about that.
2: I think a, a honorable mention for terrible part of that whole process was ingol Conte not stepping up on Ericsson. Um And that, you know, uh, it's hard to blame a guy like N'Golo, like, N'Golo, like, N'Golo, like N'Golo Kante down all game and he's incredible. Uh, He just missed that, and and he missed it a couple times, and it's a bummer that he he was made to pay twice for for that. So uh, just an honorable mention there.
0: Probably the first two times he's never stepped to a ball in his life. Uh, Brett Wilkerson, you know what, man? I'm going to give you the comment of the day from Facebook. It's my dude from Kansas City right here, man. I love it. We've never done this, but I think you are a sane human being. He said, I didn't think we really played all that bad as a whole. It just came down to us not capitalizing when opportunities presented themselves and the defense being burned twice by essentially the same play. If you had to sum it up, I mean, that's it. If you look at the stats, I know you guys are going to, you know, throw me out for that. We had just as many chances. We had more possession, more passes completed, more corner kicks, like whatever you want to compare it to. We had the chances. And while we've been deadly clinical this season, Uh, It wasn't there. So no bias. I did not know Brett and Nick are tight before I gave you that (laughs) fake made-up award, Brett, but, um, you know, well done.
2: I I will say, too, on the clinicality part, Ed Nazard in the fourth minute completely whiffing his opportunity to put us ahead um, and kind of loafing it in the second half. I was not super pleased with that. Um, A guy who has been tremendous this year. Uh, just just didn't have it today, and uh, I think was a little bit intimidated to get kicked off the field because that's what happened last year.
0: <laughs> it's brutal. Dan, I'm going to come to you for the last one. Uh, Simon did bring up the fact that the subs he felt came on too late. Agree, disagree, push? Uh, you know, I, I think William
1: William came on at, at 65, mm-hmm. and you know, if you look at it historically with – you know, Conte, you know, the, the 65, 70 minute mark is, is when you're potentially going to see a first sub. Uh, I think the batch Y one was a little rough. I think five minutes left. You're not, you're not going to create two goal opportunities that quickly. Um, unless you have drew doing scorpion kicks, you know, up top. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there were they were not the substitutions I would have made, but I also am not a manager that's negotiated 13 out of the last 14 games he's played as wins. So I'm going to succeed to uh, uh, Conte getting it, uh, you know, as best he could today.
0: Yeah. Real quick, Nick, to recap, William on at 65, Fabregas on at 79, and Michi on at 85.
2: Yeah, I – when you're chasing the game, and especially chasing it from two goals down, I think you have to make decisions more quickly. Um, you know, I, I was calling for William at half. Obviously, that was never going to happen. But um, you know, I, I think the the thing that I would look at is we knew we needed a spark after the 54th minute. You know, you bring Fabregas in, you don't have anything to lose at that point. Um, and I think that he was a little slow today. So I don't I don't think it's being hypercritical. It's just looking at the game and playing out different scenarios in your own head. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, Let us know what you guys think. As always, thank you for the questions. Fantastic. Uh, We really love, honestly, uh, that you guys have essentially created a part in our script, in our podcast, that we can just answer your questions and and just have a much more direct conversation. So thank you so much. Uh, Please keep posting on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Last break. It's going to be super quick one. It's going to wrap up little Peter united. League one opposition, gents. Here we go. Say so, hey uh, Nick, if I uh,
1: download that Newfangled Instagram application, cool. is, is there a, a cool account, that's Chelsea related that I should follow?
2: Yeah, at Nick Verlaney is great. And uh, uh,
1: it sounds like it's a waste of my time. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be pictures uh, of barbecue and beer and, and you know like dogs and that's it.
2: I mean, what more could you ever want? Um, I will say that the at London blue pod Instagram account is a, is a delight. And, you know, for a couple of reasons, one, uh, we get pictures from matches from our, from our friend, Chris Axon, which is fantastic. We also put up graphics and match reviews and do some Instagram live features. And it's just an overall great place to be. And and we're kind of want to push that a little bit as we get into, uh, some more, uh, interesting content for, for 2017. So, Head on over at London Blue Pod on Instagram.
0: Give us a follow. Tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you there. All right, Chelsea fans, give us a follow. We would appreciate it. But we got to get into Peterborough United. We're it's a League One team that we're going to play in the Mishi Cup. I mean, I mean FA Cup hashtag minutes for Mishi, right? Dan or Mishi right. minutes? How's yeah, that go? No, it's, it's it's hashtag minutes for Mishi. Okay. Is that the
1: number four or F O R? No, it's F O R. We're not. It's not like the Fast and the Furious series. You know, we're we're, we're keeping the the actual uh, you know preposition uh, there. Fate
0: of the Mishi? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the match will be at Stanford Bridge, I guess. Thankfully, we've been in London this last like month. It seems like it's been great. Uh, the match will be this coming Sunday on January eighth. Um, talking points on this one, you know, I guess you fall off the horse, you get back on it. That's about as American of a saying as you can get from down South. Uh, The biggest thing we're going to be looking at adjusted lineups. I think everyone is expecting changes in this lineup, not necessarily just for charity minutes, Dan, but because guys (laughs) need rest. I mean, legitimately need rest. So, A couple interesting things to look at. Dan Kennedy is back, and we don't know if he's going to go back along. Charlie Musanda Jr., a new Instagram star and model, by the way. Um, He's Mm -hmm. been posting a lot of weird stuff, actually. And then uh, Ivanovic, if he's going to get some time. So, I mean, what are you kind of thinking for changes on your end that we should expect to see? Yeah, I think the Musonda and Kennedy callouts are,
1: are good. You know, I think Conte has not had a chance to evaluate those players in the same exact way that he had with a lot of the players in the preseason. Um, you know, I think Musonda's father, because uh, it's uh, he apparently is Charlie Musonda Junior. Um, Charlie Musonda Senior was talking about it, it. Really, is an offer, I guess, between Roma on a loan or between you know staying at Chelsea for the remainder of the season. It would be another loan, so that. Could be very interesting, you know, looked really good at the last season, did not get great opportunities this year, had a little bit of an injury. Kennedy also been a little injury prone. And and then when he went to Watford, just could not make it into the side at all. Ivanovich, you know, Terry, I, I think they could place in extremely well, along with Zuma to kind of give us a little flexibility to, you know, knock some rust off, get some players some minutes. Um, I also think Ola Aina could could slot in there pretty well too. You know, so I, I think you'll probably see one or two uh, veterans on the back line with maybe one newer player. Uh, maybe Zuma comes in second half, depending upon how the game is playing. Uh, but I think you're going to see some heavy heavy rotation. I don't think you'll see Eden Hazard at all in this match. Um, I think he'll be off. I, I think you will not. Maybe not see William. I kind of I feel like Chiloba is going to get that opportunity to start. Uh, maybe even the uh, the front three if we do go for a three four
0: three. So I will pick on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> misanda Junior was at Real Batisse in Spain. Right. Also, if they play, they stay. Is my understanding uh, with those guys because then they'll played for you know they'll be tied the Premier League. Is that is that sound right, Nick?
2: Um, I don't know. These <laughs> FA
0: Okay. Well, tweet tweet at us. Let us know if if I'm mistaken on that. But I mean, it's one of those things. You imagine going out with a brand new back line. I mean, you could almost have three new center backs and one of the two new wing backs going into this match. But Conte doesn't really seem like a guy that's going to just put out a second eleven completely, does he?
2: No, no. I I I disagree with Dan a little bit on this. I I think I think you're going to see spotted picks here. You know, I think you may you may still see, for example, uh Mark Salonzo play on the left. Um just because we really don't have like I, I would be shocked if Kennedy plays, I'll be honest with you. Just the way he came back from his loan. I think Antonio Conte favors guys to really put in the effort and he did not prove that at um at Wafford. You know, I think you'll see Ivanovic coming in. I think you'll see Zuma coming in. Um maybe you know either musanda or Shiloba but I would I would bet that you'd see William uh, and I I don't know if Mishi will start to be honest with you I, I think I think you might see maybe a half and half or you might see a whole different kind of setup so it, it's gonna be interesting um, I, I'm not sure about the midfield either you know I would think that you know shaloba would be a, a midfielder in kind of the traditional sense not like an attacking forward but you know it'll be interesting i think dan maybe more so on the formation than than
1: the players in it yeah you could even look at you know do we try a, a back four and kind of do a, a four three you know two one um you know or you know just kind of try to to play around a little bit with the system maybe it's a good opportunity to try out a, a dual striker setup. You know, see so. how well Mishi and Casa can kind of go ahead. I mean, you know, I, I think the the great thing that we have seen about Conte is he likes to experiment. He likes to try things that are going to give him an edge. And ultimately, if teams are able to counter kind of the 3-4-3 three, three, like Tottenham has, you know, the, another method or another formation or another setup or another combination of players that gives us a different spark or attitude or or tool. That's perfect. I mean, this, this really should be an opportunity to experiment a little bit of player evaluation, but to really, you know, and, and get some players some rest.
0: Well, I think Conte is actually going to take this quite serious. I think that he's going to want to be in the running for two trophies at the end of the season, in case something does happen the guy is going to want to win something right away. I know this is a bit of the Arsenal Cup uh, in the last few years that they love to take it serious, but you know Conte's just going to crush one dream after another, and the FA Cup might be a good opportunity for that. Let us know what you guys think about the lineup, obviously. That would be the big one, um, but I could see us going out there you know, at 80% strength, and we'll, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. So I think that'll do it for a wrap this week. Um, I would just like to end it. Uh, maybe not necessarily final thoughts, but actually a question to you guys: uh, Over/under, Chelsea signs a new player by January fifteenth. Uh, under. under I don't think. Like did, don't. you're saying one signing, one new player, or a no. signing, or the first signing. Wait, we'll, wait, first are, okay, so let's let's rephrase before.
2: this. Hey, let's do it before/after now. Over/under. Under makes no yes. sense. Um, Under, I was just
0: saying date. So will Chelsea sign a player before or after January 15th? After. They're going to push it to the end like they always do.
1: <laughs> Man,
0: no hope. I was hoping we get something exciting in the next week or two. But
1: Yeah. you. you well, but I, I. What I would see is I would probably see us start to get some loans going because if we want to get some good loans for a couple of our players and they're not – Part of the squad plans for the remainder of the season. They they need to go on loan sooner rather than later.
2: Well, look at this too. Look at our schedule: uh, Peterborough, Leicester City, who's been awful uh, and missing two of their best players. Hull City just fired their manager today on the 22nd, and then away at Liverpool, which is, you know might be our toughest match of the entire season. Uh, coming back for Arsenal at home the the following week. So. Uh, you know, I would I would bet there's a nice window there, maybe the whole window uh, where where we sign a player, try to integrate them, um, get them ready, uh, especially if they're of a certain caliber in the midfield like I, I think we might do. So um, yeah, I, our, our next two or three matches are winnable and we should
0: win them. Time to get back on the winning streak. So, like I said, Chelsea fans, that will do us. Thank you for sticking through the match today. Do not jump ship. Do not cry wolf. The season is still moving forward. Chelsea, we're going to be just fine. The Conte out train has left with the crazies. Don't drink the Kool Aid. So, see you, crazies. <laughs> hey, uh, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap this up? Dan, starting with you, anything?
1: Yeah, just uh, you know, I think we're very fortunate, and uh, we should uh, you know, just before you before you hit the button and it says send on it. Uh, just think about <laughs> you know that people will go back many years from now, uh, like and just kind of retweet that and, and <laughs> show you just how crazy you really were when uh, when we end up winning the league this year.
0: Nick,
2: yeah, I would uh, I would echo those sentiments because I you saw a lot of that it? today. I would I would retweet that. Uh, I would say that we're top of the league, guys. We're top of the league by five points. Let's calm down. Let's focus. It's all good. I've never you know, been a proponent of, of whining uh, when your team's top. So uh, let's, go, uh, let's go out and have a good week.
0: All right. You heard him, Chelsea fans. We'll be back next week. And as always, you know what to do. Until then, keep the blue flag flying high. All right, Chelsea fans, that is a wrap for this week. Don't panic, though, as we'll be back after Chelsea's next match. So to be sure you don't miss it, subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at LondonBluePod. Until next time, Chelsea fans, keep the blue flag flying high.